1: let jump into this. Galatians chapter five. We've been in this study for several weeks now. We've been talking about this is our uh, our sermon series, summer sermon series on what is your life producing. And we've been unpacking the fruit of the Spirit here in Galatians chapter number five. And already we've talked about joy and we've talked about love and we've talked about patience. And I know I did that a little bit out of order. I started with patience because I didn't have enough patience to wait to get there, maybe? I don't know. That's a joke, you can laugh, okay? Uh, so anyhow, today that was a horrible joke, I know. So today we're going to talk about peace, okay? We're going to jump into this subject and really try to unpack this a little bit. We live in a world today where folks struggle. I mean, if you if you watch the news and if you see what's going on in our world today and you just stay engrossed in that and you don't unplug from that from time to time, uh, it can overwhelm you. It can cause tremendous anxiety and stress and worry and concern and Uh, We as Christians, we're to be producing this fruit of the Spirit. Called peace, And so today I want to be talking briefly about that. In Galatians chapter 5, are you there? Now you guys remember you can use, for those that use your digital devices, you can use the Logos Bible software system. It's a free download, so download that. You can follow our little uh, signals. If you see in the bottom right-hand corner of the screens, there's a little signal there that's being broadcast out to you if you follow our presentation. If you have your Bible app open and you push that, it'll take you straight to the passage description that's on the screen. So today we're going to start in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 16. Okay? Let's read this together. William, it's on the screen for us, so let's read this together. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Let's read that again. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Now, Paul is writing to the believers, to the Christians of Galatia, and he's telling them there's a certain way that we are to walk. What is that way? By the Spirit, right? We as believers, we as Christ followers, we as Christians, there's a different drummer that we walk to. We walk to the beat of a different drummer. We don't walk to the beat of the old person that we were before Christ. There's a new way that we walk. There's a new way we act. There's a new way we react. Things are different in our life. And Paul tells us we are to be walking by the Spirit. And when we walk by the Spirit, we will not fulfill the desire of the flesh. Now, in that same passage of Scripture, he gives us a whole list of the desires of the flesh. And I've already went over that several weeks ago, and I'm not going to go over that again. But that's what we're not to be doing. Okay? And then he gives us the fruit of the Spirit. And this is what we all, all of us together, are to be producing in our life. Now, if you will, jump down to verse number 22. Let's read this together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. Now, today we're going to talk about peace. And we're going to talk about the fruit of peace that we are to be living
0: out on a daily basis.
1: Now, at the end of my message today, I'm going to give you a takeaway. I'm going to give you something that you can walk out the door and you can start applying to your life that can help you have peace in your daily life. Peace every day of your life if you will do some of what we're going to see here in Philippians chapter number 4 when I get there in just a moment. I ran across a Gallup poll some time back. And the Gallup poll uh, polled just Americans. And it asked these Americans what they would consider the most important criteria... For judging personal success. And here were the results of that. Okay? This was a poll that went out to to Americans, and they were simply asked, What is the most important criteria for judging personal success? Look what they said. Number one, good health. 58% said I would be successful if I had good health. Number two on the list was an enjoyable job. Right? 49% said if I have a good career or a good job that I enjoy I would be happy or that I would be successful. Number three is a happy family, 45%. Number four is a good education, 39%. I want you to list what number five was. And I don't know about you, but I was surprised to see this at number five. Number five on the Gallup poll survey that was sent out on the criteria for judging for personal success, number five was this, peace of mind. Peace of mind became, came before an unlimited income. Peace of mind became, came before the, the houses or the mansions or traveling to exotic locations. Peace of mind came before exotic, expensive cars and all the materialistic things that we could have listed there for personal success. I was intrigued to see that peace of mind. <clears throat> Do you realize, according to the survey, 34% said... If you can discover how to have peace of mind, you're well on your way to personal success. I think that's pretty good, right? So how do we get and how do we have peace of mind? Well, I want to share with you real quickly. Let me give you an overview real quickly of what peace is something that we all desire. We all desire peace. There are several different ways that we desire peace. We desire peace physically, right? I mean, we want our bodies, we want our minds to be at rest. We want them to be at peace, right? That's why so many folks are on drugs today, because they're looking for a little bit of peace to handle the difficulties that they're going through in life, right? Right? The problem is, they're, they're turning to the wrong source, okay? Now listen, I don't blame folks for turning to drugs. I could see why some folks would want to turn to that. Should they know? Is there a better alternative? Yes! But we can't sit back and condemn folks for searching for something to help bring peace to them. I can see why some would do that. I can see why some would turn to alcohol and become an alcoholic, right? And sit in a bar all night long. What are they looking for? They're looking for peace, right? That peace of mind or just peace physically. Now, should they do those things? No, there's a better alternative. Far better than that. But I just want you to understand and maybe offer a little bit of compassion to those that are really destroying their lives with drugs and alcohol. Really, all they're searching for is peace. Peace. Right? We have the answer to that. And therefore, we need to be sharing it as much as we can. So peace is something we all desire for physically. It's something we desire for relationally. I mean, in our relationships, we go to all extents to try to have peace in our homes, with with our spouse, with our parents, with our children, with our extended family. I mean, we desire to have a peaceful family. Now, everybody doesn't have a peaceful family. Everyone is not at peace with their parents or their siblings or their families or extended families. I understand that. I know that. I do a lot of counseling towards that. So I understand that. But the desire is there, is the point I'm trying to make. Are you with me? Another thing we desire to have peace is in our future. I mean, a lot of folks are filled with anxiety and worry and fret today because we are uncertain of what our future is going to be. Right? And we have this desire... That we can have a peaceful future, whether it be just for me individually, or just for my family, or just for our community, or just for our churches, or even our nation and our world. We all have that desire. That's just what I want you to get there whenever we start thinking about peace. Now, real quickly, I'm going to share with you three things about peace. I want to try to give you what the Bible teaches is a picture of peace. I want to share with you a few problems that come along which rob us of our peace. And then I want to put a plan of action into place that can help us leave here today and discover to have peace. Okay? So I'm going to give you a picture. I'm going to be brief here. I'm going to share with you the problem. I'll be brief there. I want to park in the plan a little bit on how we can have and discover peace. Get it? Got it? Good. Alright, let's jump right into field number one. Let's put the next slide up there. Let's talk a little bit about this picture of peace. In the Bible, whenever you talk about peace, really what it's saying is there's an absence of war. Okay? There's an absence of war that is taking place. I'm at peace, hopefully. Hopefully you're at peace between yourself and a holy God. Hopefully we're at peace one with another. And hopefully we're at peace with ourselves. In Scripture, you can find those three areas that it unpacks for us that hopefully and prayerfully we are absence of war in our relationship between us and God, in our relationship one with another, and with ourselves. Let me give you a few verses of Scripture that back up those three areas of peace that we should have or that we can have. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 20, this is talking about one of the benefits that we have through Christ Jesus. We have been reconciled, or Christ has reconciled, Everything to himself by making what? Peace, it's on the screen, by making peace how? Through the blood of the cross. Okay? So through the person of Jesus Christ, we can have peace with God. Okay? So that's that vertical peace. Now we can also have horizontal peace. Not only can we be absence of war between us and God, we can be at peace with God. We also can be at peace one with another. Look in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 18. The scripture says, if possible on your part, live at war? With everyone? No. If at possible on your part, live at what? Peace with who? Everyone. Okay? So here I want you to see where Scripture says we can be at peace with God through the blood of what Jesus shed on the cross. We can have peace with God. We can be absent of war between us and God. We can be at peace through Christ Jesus. But now Paul is writing us in Romans 12. Notice how he starts. If possible. How many know there are some folks that it seems absolutely impossible to be at peace with? Do you have anyone like that in your life? I have folks like that in my life. I mean, it's just, if God doesn't intervene, I don't know that it's ever going to happen. Right? But here's the deal. It's not because of me. If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. In other words, we are to do everything we can do to be at peace with everyone. Now, there's some folks that just don't want to be at peace with you. And that's their decision. Are you with me? But that doesn't give me an excuse now to turn the tables and be in war with them intentionally. Are you with me, church? My job is to be at peace with them. My job is to extend an olive branch. My job is to minister to them. My job is to love them. My job is to reach out to them, right? Now, it may get thrown back in my face, but I've tried everything possible in my part to extend an olive branch and be at peace. It's up to them now to decide if they want to be at peace with me. Are you with me? I want you to see, if possible, on your part, be at peace with one another. Alright? I'm giving you here the picture of peace. We're to be at peace with God. We're to be at peace one with another. If possible, on our part, be at peace. There's a third way that we're to be at peace, and that's with ourselves. Look in Second Corinthians chapter number 13. It says, finally, finally, brothers, rejoice. Become mature. Be encouraged. Be of the same mind. Be at peace. And the love of God and peace will be with you. We can be at peace with ourselves. Okay? So that's a brief picture. I'll put the next slide up if you will, please. Here it all is in a nutshell. God wants us to have peace with Him. I gave you chapter and verse for that. In Colossians 1:20. God wants us to be at peace with others. I gave you chapter and verse for that. Romans 12.18. And God wants us to be at peace with ourselves. We discover in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Okay? That's a picture of peace. Now I told Dustin yesterday, we were at the Iwana training, and, and, uh, and, and I showed up a little bit late intentionally because I'd been up really early Saturday morning, yesterday morning, changing this message because I was going to dig in right here, but I wanted to go a little different direction. So uh, we could go a lot deeper in this picture of peace and really unpack those three things, and that's kind of where I was going to drop the anchor and dig. But I want to go a little further. I want to go a little different direction. So that's the picture of peace. Paul, if you're looking for a good sermon series, here's your three-part sermon series. The picture of peace, the problem of peace, and the plan of peace. Really, you can do a series in those three, right? So, I mean, isn't isn't it amazing how unlimited and unending and how vast the Word of God is when you get in there and start digging it out, right? So, let me talk to you now about the problem Of us having peace. That's the picture. Just want to give you a a panoramic view of what scripture talks about with peace. Now let me share with you what some of the problems are. Let me ask you. What is it that robs you of your peace? What is an enemy of peace in your life? answers. There's really no right or wrong here. You're talking about you. What are some things that rob you of your peace? Anybody? Go out something. Worry. Worry robs. Sure it does, right? Self. Yeah, worry. Self. What's some other things? Stress. Stress, worry, anxiety. All of those things rob us of peace. What's some other things? Somebody said it. Who said something over here? Money. Money. Yeah, sure. Finances really rob us of peace, do they not? And getting a budget and paying our bills and, and, you know, our jobs, our careers. Those things can rob us of peace, right? Especially if you go in on the job and you get a layoff notice. And there's a lot of companies around here in the Metro East that are just closing up shop. You know, I think about a sports authority. That's been here ever since I moved here in 1999. And they're closing up shop. You know, how many employees are, are, in fact, are affected by that? Right? Whenever you see these going out of business sales, a lot of times we get real excited because we think discount. But listen, somebody just lost their job. Are you with me? So that causes an absence of peace in that life. What's some other things that, that rob us of our peace? Health? Sure does. Our health can rob us of our peace? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear it. I know it's about there. Family, relationships, yes. That's what I was going to bring up if nobody brought that up. Family relationships, whether it's husband and wife, whether it's parent and child, whether it's, you know, extended family, neighbors, community, all of these things are wonderful answers. There are things that rob us of peace, okay? So we obviously know that. So I don't need to dig in much more about that, right? We know the things that rob us of peace. Well, let me jump quickly to the plan. Put the next slide up if you will, please. I've tried to give you the picture. Panoramic view. Didn't dig in real deep. Panoramic view. I exposed you to the problem. I don't need to preach there because you know what they are. You, you preach that sermon right there. Right? Everybody taking notes? So I hope you wrote down everything that was said because all of those things are enemies of peace. They rob us of peace. Are you with me? Well, what's the plan? How many of you, everything that was... Spoken here about problems that rob us or an enemy of our peace. How many of you have experienced at least one or maybe a couple of those, but at least one of those things that were mentioned? Raise your hand and hold it up. Now raise it up. That's the majority of us have experienced at least one of those problems that rob us of our peace. Now, Scripture says that I'm to be walking in the Spirit. That I am to be producing peace. We know what it is. Absence of war between me and God. Absence of war between me and my fellow man and my relationships. From my wife to my children to my extended family to my community on the job, one another, in the church. It just goes on and on. That horizontal relationship. So if I'm commanded to walk in peace, I better figure out how to do that. Right? Right? We all know there are things that rob us of our peace. Well, how can we have it? How can we experience peace? I want you to look in Philippians chapter 4. And I can't remember if I put Scripture up here or not. Thank you, Phil. Philippians chapter 4. I want you to look at this passage of Scripture. Now, I, I put the translation, the New Living Translation up here for you because I think I just like the way it worded it. Okay? It's still true to the text, but I just like the contemporary words that it used here. Don't worry about anything. Somebody said that worry robs us is an enemy of peace, right? Okay, so Paul is saying now, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. But instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. Stop right there. I'm sorry, Phil. Go back. Look at this pattern right here. Don't worry. You know, you've heard the saying, don't worry, be happy. That's a cute little song, but we need more than that. Are you with me? Come on, guys. Are you with me this morning? I say say amen on me. Just let me know you're out there, okay? I do enjoy interaction whenever I teach or speak or whatever. So instead, we're to do some things. We're to pray about everything. We're to tell God what we need. And we're to thank Him for what He has done. So whenever you find yourself... And this is a sidebar. I'm headed somewhere, and this is not it. But whenever you find yourself worrying or anxiety or losing your peace, pause, and decide, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to tell Him about it. He knows what I need, and I'm going to thank Him for what He's done. So you know what you need to do whenever you get into the place where you're starting to lose your peace? You need to push the pause button in your life. You need to look back and see what God has done in your life in the past. Now, how many of you guys can say that God has moved in the past in your life? He's worked out some things, uh, whether it's a miracle, whether it's a situation, something that God's done in your life in the past. Don't ever forget those. That's why I'm big into journaling. I like to journal. I like to document things. I like to write things down. I like to see where God has moved in and write it down. Why? Because one day I'm going to need to go back and remind myself about that. Right? If I want to have peace through maybe the difficulties that I'm going through and the circumstances that I'm there right now. That's not the message, that's not the plan that I'm really going for, but there you see a pretty good plan in this particular passage of Scripture. So go ahead and give me the next verse, if you will, please. Tell God what you need, okay? If you do this, you will experience God's what? Peace. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live, Christ Jesus. Now notice this. His peace, it says. God's peace. His peace will guard your hearts and your mind as you go through religious activities. No. As you join a church and become a member. No. As you are baptized. No. As you what? Live in Christ Jesus. Okay? So I'm living in Christ. I'm choosing to live in Christ every single day. And whenever I do that, Scripture says that His peace will guard my heart and will guard my mind. And now, brothers and sisters, let me say one more thing as I close this letter. Look at the next slide, if you will, please, Phil. I want you to get to right here. Fix. Everybody say, fix. That's the plan. I'm going to break that three-letter word down. I'm going to give you three action steps with the F-I-X. Okay? Fix your thoughts. Not your heart, because what determines where the heart's going to go? What determines what the heart's going to do? As we think, right? As we feed our mind. How are we transformed? By the renewing of your what? Of your mind. So we must fix our thoughts on something if we're going to experience this peace. Okay? I guys, this is good stuff. This is a good takeaway for you that can help you when you're in the midst of stressful, difficult situations that are robbing you of your peace. Scripture says that we are to fix our thoughts on what? On what is true. On what is honorable. On what is... Right. We're to think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. We're to think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, last week we talked and we used this verse to talk about joy. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. But it also is a verse that can help us have peace in the midst of difficult, challenging circumstances that we may find ourselves in, that we've already admitted robs us and steals peace from us. So how do we overcome that? Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, Fix your thoughts. Let me give you three things. I'm going to give you the letter fix, F-I-X, three action steps, three takeaways for you to pry to your and I'm going to be done. The letter F simply says this, Filter the noise. If I am going to fix my thoughts on things that are true and lovely and good report and things that are honorable and excellent, then I must filter the noise in my life. How many have a lot of noise in your life? And by that I mean just everything that's taken place. Everything in your life, relationships and family and responsibilities and career and and the media and the Internet and emails and texts and all these different things that just creates noise in your life. If I'm going to fix my thoughts on things that are true, and by the way, right there, I like to say that's the Word of God. I don't know anything more true than the Word of God. So I think that's a good place to say, fix your thoughts on the Word of God, right? Things that are honorable, things that are just. All of that really defines Scripture. So fix your thoughts. If I am going to fix my thoughts on things that are true, then I must filter the noise. Now notice, get this church, I didn't say delete the noise. I don't know that you'll ever get away from the noise, okay? Especially in this age of technology that we live in. Everybody today is walking around with their face in a phone. Are you with me? Go out to eat. Sit at a restaurant. And watch everybody at the table. The kids have an iPad. They're playing the game. The parents are sitting there. No one's talking. No one's connecting. No relationships are being built. Everyone is allowing the noise to dictate what's going on in their life. Right? So we must be intentional. Everybody say intentional. Key word. You're not going to delete the noise, but you need to filter the noise. Are you with me? You need to monitor. You need to take control of some of the noise that's going on in your life. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Everybody say this, or I want to, there it is. Well, it just says filter the noise. I want you to get this. Filter so you can focus. Everybody say that. Filter so you can focus. I don't have a slide for that, so jot that down. Filter so you can focus. Okay. If I'm going to fix my thoughts on something, then I must focus on that something. And the only way I can focus on that something is if I filter the noise in my life so I can move the distractions and focus or fix my thoughts on things that are true. Is this making sense? So we've got to filter. You're not going to delete the noise. Some folks say, well, just do away with all of it. Quit texting, quit email, throw your phone away, quit doing all that stuff. That's ridiculous. We're not going to do that. Are you with me? I'm not going to do that. I mean, really, my life is really in my phone and in my computer and on the Internet and everywhere else, and I'm connecting and I'm ministering. And it's amazing how a lot of my ministry now, I remember I used to have to do it all at the church. I don't. I can be mobile. I can be traveling and doing ministry because of technology today. I'm going to be traveling to North Carolina tomorrow morning. I'll be down there all next week. And I promise you, I can still stay engaged in ministry while I'm there. So we're not going to throw it away. It's foolish for for somebody to stand here and tell me to do that. Right? But what I do want to encourage you to do is filter it. Well, how do I filter? Okay, you get it, right? i got to filter. Okay? Preacher said filter the noise. That's not enough. I need to tell you one more thing. How do you filter? How do you filter the noise? I want you to unplug. Here comes the challenge. Psalm 46.10. The Lord said, Be still and know that I am God. Now, I'm talking about filtering the noise. Guys, you want to have peace? Then you've got to fix your thoughts on things that are true. You've got to filter the noise. How do I filter the noise? I've got to unplug. Okay? Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to understand... That Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. Here's what I know. All of my study, my entire Logos Bible software system is right here on this iPad. It's it's actually online, but I I link to it right here. I link to it on my phone. I link to it on my computer. I have thousands of books that I, I can use for research and developing and studying scripture. I mean, it's all right here. It used to be in my library. If you go in my office, you'll see a big wall. It's just full from the, from the floor all the way to the ceiling of books. I've got books, books boxed up from years gone by. I, I, can't, I remember back, back in the day before technology, when I would leave my church office and I'd go preach a revival or I'd go on a trip or whatever, I would load up the trunk of my car with books. Literally. The back seat was loaded with books so that I could study, so I could work while I was traveling. That's no longer the case me. I don't have to pack the car full of books. I just need to take my iPad and I just need to have internet access and I have access to thousands of books in my library. Not to count all the, all the research you can get online. Okay? So all of my study that I do when I am trying to filter my mind and fix my thoughts on the Lord... Everything that I do, I do it from my tablet or from my computer. But there's a little something on here you need to push. Whenever you're trying to be still and know that He is God, there's a little thing called airplane mode. Are you with me? Familiar with it? Airplane mode. There's another little thing called Wi-Fi. Cut it off. Because what's going to happen, you're going to have Wi-Fi on, or you're going to have your airplane mode on, and you're still connected to the Wi-Fi, and you're going to get Facebook updates, folks are going to tag in stuff, and it's going to be a distraction as you're trying to focus on Scripture. Now, if you don't use this at all, you don't need to just completely don't even worry about what I'm just talking about, but about 80% of you guys in here are all on something like this. Okay? I want to help you unplug... And focus on the Lord and be still and know that he's God. This is the most important step that we must do. So here's my challenge to you. Last week, I challenged you a 24-hour challenge of posting nothing but joyful statements or things that bring you joy. My challenge to you this week is, will you unplug for 30 minutes in one day? Will you go without checking your Facebook? Will you go without checking your email? Will you go without checking your text messages? Will you put your device on airplane mode? Will you unconnect it from the internet Wi-Fi? Shut that off. And spend time in things that are true, focusing on God. That, my friend, is how you filter the noise. Listen, I promise you, all those posts that are out there, as soon as you fire that baby back up, your phone, your device is going to blow up. I know. I turn mine off. I do my thing. I filter the noise. I focus on the Lord. I try to be still and know that He's God to get a sense of direction and get calmness in my life to discover peace in my life once again. I fire it back up and it's... You know what I'm talking about, right? Everything's going to roll in. You're not going to miss a thing. Some folks think they have to respond immediately to a Facebook post or a text or an email. I promise you something, honey. You don't. Are you with me? Are you with me? I want to try to help you discover peace in your life. One of the best ways you can do that is to filter the noise by simply unplugging, being still, and know that He's God. Are you with me? All right, what's the letter I? These next two are going to be real quick. That's the challenge. I hope and pray you'll take the challenge. Matter of fact, if you are taking the challenge, once you've done the challenge, once you've been still and unplugged for 30 minutes, then post something out there good and tag me. I want to know you're doing that. Are you in it? Okay. Uh, we're ch- I'm trying to challenge you and grow you here a little bit.
0: I want you to have peace.
1: And you can't have it if you're always plugged in. You've got to unplug. Okay? Are you with me? Okay, the letter I simply is this. Investigate the truth. The letter I is investigate the truth. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 9 it says, Keep putting into practice all that you have learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing. Paul is saying, listen. Put into practice what you've heard, what you've learned, and what you've seen me do. Put that into practice. So what we've got to do now is investigate the truth of God's Word. I've shared with you. I've spoken to you. Put into practice what you've heard. Investigate the Scripture for yourself. Investigate the truth of God's Word. Paul said that the Bereans were more noble because they searched daily the Scripture to be sure that what was being taught was the Word of God. I encourage you to do that. Okay? Investigate the truth. Pay attention to what you've heard, what you've seen, what you've learned here in church. Okay? Investigate. The letter X is simply this. And tell you guys and come on up. I'm done on this one. The letter X is this. Now, it really is the most important point. The letter X is simply, X out the enemies of peace. Well, how do we do that? How do we X out the enemies of peace? Of peace What were some of the enemies? Worry Finances Stress Anxiety Health Relationships And the list went on and on and on How do we X those out? Well I promise you Going to a counselor is not going to do that There's no counselor that I'm aware of That I know of In this life That can X out the enemies of peace going to a pastor is not going to do it I can, you can come and I can share with you but that's not going to do it there's really only one answer for xing out the peace or the enemies of peace it's not your job it's not a six digit salary it's not a self help book that's out there what will X out the enemies of peace in our lives There's only one thing or one person, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He can X it all out. He can take care of the health issues. He can take care of the relationship issues. He can remove the worry and the doubt and the stress and the anxiety. He can take care of the finances. And we have chapter and verse for every bit of that in the Word of God. The only thing that I'm aware of that can X out. The enemies of peace is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not me. I can point you to the one that can, but it's not me. It's Jesus. So really, I want to leave you with one question. Where are you spiritually?